Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 1. Um, it was so cool. To, I, I always I think it's cool. But early this morning on our way here, it was about probably uh, about 8.10, and there was an older gentleman out on the uh, bridge where the 77 was. And he had his flag, and as we were driving by, he saluted the, the truck and us. Um, and I thought, man, how awesome is that? Just so cool. I, I, I always like, man, that's probably served in some way, and I uh, just thought it was amazing. Um, but today, we're going to start a brand new series called Living an Empowered Life. And what this is, this is a study of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, and I know for many Christians, some of us have been taught or uh, maybe have, uh, from past experience, thought that the Holy Spirit was just a mystery, kind of a, a, a thing that we talked about or somebody had talked about, you know, in our church that we grew up in and, and kind of had this sense that, well, yeah, we don't really have an opportunity or will we ever understand the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to just say that I, that's wrong because the Holy Spirit is a third person of the Godhead, very much alive, very real. Oh, he's so real and he's not scary. He's so not scary. He is very much a lover, just like Jesus. And how he operates and how he functions, we'll kind of talk about how that is um, as we progress in, the, in this series. I know, too, you know, sometimes we maybe have been in those experiences where you see that, that there's people who maybe are a little more charismatic about their relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so they've done some crazy things, possibly. You heard some crazy things. But, you know, sometimes that um, happens to be a little bit more of their flesh than what the Holy Spirit is. And so, you know, they're, 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 they're trying to, to, you know, kind of understand it and, and move in it. But sometimes they, they do some things that, that kind of leaves people scratching their head. But I, I, I'm a firm believer, though, that the Holy Spirit wants to move in each and every one of our lives. And it might look a little different than what we're used to, but you got to be okay with that, right? Shake your head and go, yes. I'm going to nod with you, Pastor Scott. I'm okay with him doing something that just doesn't really make sense to me because he's, he's just so good. He's so just so gracious and, and, and loving and and. I don't want, and, in, and, and as a teaching team, we talked about this, and our heart is always as we don't want to, to, to scare anybody off so there is no like pressure tactics in this message or any of our message. There is no, hey, you, you got to, you're going to do. No, this is something that we would just want to unfold to you for you to be able to make your own decisions. But hopefully, it'll be something you'll understand that is really, really important to your life. Because I think, sadly, what happens is, is a lot of people shy away from a relationship with the Holy Spirit, from a partnership with the Holy Spirit. And when they do that, then, can I just say this? I think the Holy Spirit becomes the, the neglected one. 
of the, of, of the, uh, of the triune God. Because, man, we're all about God. We're all about Jesus. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, eh. And what happens? He becomes kind of the neglected one. He becomes that one that, 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 that is like right there with you all the time. He wants to be there all the time. But see, we don't, we don't kind of give him attention. Now, understand, okay? Understand that, you know what? Your most important relationship is with Jesus, okay? I want you to understand that. But see, kind of along that, that, that thing is the secondary relationship with the Holy Spirit, okay? And it's, it's, it's so, so important that we get to know this third member of the Godhead that wants to be in your life. He does. He, 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 he's not somebody that doesn't want to be. He wants to be right there in the game with you 100% all the time. And the Bible talks about how we can be intimately engaged with him, that we can openly communicate with him, that we can listen to and then we can rely on the present, his presence and his power. Because there's power with the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives, in our everyday lives. And so kind of our theme verse is Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says this, and you've heard this before. But it says, but, when, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Do you remember I said last week that when Jesus told the disciples to go into the upper room, to go to Jerusalem, they went into the upper room, and, they, and the Bible says that they were in one accord. Why were they in one accord? Because they were in expectation of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus told them, the Holy Spirit's coming. And so here they were together in unity, in expectation that the Holy Spirit would come, and what happened? The Holy Spirit came. Which to me is just again an, an example of how God wants the body of Christ to be in unity when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So again, that verse says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, the beautiful thing about that verse, that is not just for the disciples, the, the 180 in that one room. It is for every single one of us. So pretend I'm, 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 I'm prophetically declaring over your life right now, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So the title of our message today is the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in our, oh, well, that one says our lives, so I guess I messed the title up. But any, it doesn't matter, right? So let's pray, and then let's jump into this. Holy Spirit, <laughs> teach us more about you. Teach us how you love us. Teach us how you want to be involved and engaged with us on a moment-to-moment, 24-7 basis. Amen. So what is the, the role? What is the Holy Spirit's role in the life of believers? And as I said just a little bit earlier, you know, we have to understand that that his relationship with us is secondary um, only to our personal relationship with Jesus. And we kind of based that based on this this quote from uh, Pastor Dr. Jack Hayford. He summarized it this way. He said, salvation is for your eternal life. 
A relationship with the Holy Spirit is for the shaping and maturing of your internal life. So we've got this relationship with Jesus about our salvation for our eternal life. But then Jesus said, it is so important that I go away that the Holy Spirit come. See, man, we're, we're all about the, um, the death on the cross. We're all about the resurrection. But sometimes we, we, we kind of push aside the ascension. Because if Jesus didn't ascend into heaven, then then the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. But the Holy Spirit came. So He is the one who comes to live in our hearts. He is the one that is quickening our inner man and is bringing new life to our previously dead spirits. And I got a scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. I want them to put up on the board for me, if they would. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 I think it was in my notes. Is it up there? No? All right, well, I'm going to read it then from way back here because we're going to refer to it at the end. It says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Oh, there it is. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So we'll stop right there. If we have made Jesus the Lord of our life, then I want, I want to convince you, I want to, to tell you that He lives in you. He dwells in you. It says, He who raised Christ. Who raised Christ? Was it God? It was the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. It says, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit, who what? Dwells in you. So, automatically, I just wanted to establish that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. There is something miraculously happening inside of you right now. And if you're open, you will be able to hear Him speak to you. You will be able to hear Him reveal the, the truth of God's Word to you. But see, we have to get it in our heads that we have the Holy Spirit with us all the time. And so here He is. He, he's the one that convicts us of our sin, right? Our need for Jesus. He brings us to a place of repentance. He is the one who opens God's word to give us understanding so we know God's thoughts, ways. Um, he gives us strength to even obey God's word. That's why it's so important. When you go to read God's word, before you even dive in, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me to understand what I'm reading. Because have you ever read your Bible and not understood what, what was going on? Yeah, I've read it before. But man, if I bring the Holy Spirit in with me and I partner with him and I say, Holy Spirit, help me to understand what it is. You know what? It, it's amazing. I might not get one part of it, but man, there's a part all of a sudden that jumps out to me. Like the light bulb turns on. And I'm just like, whoa, this is absolutely amazing. But see, that's what the Holy Spirit needed to speak to me in that moment. 
But see, we got to acknowledge him every day. We got to acknowledge him in our minute by minute. Holy Spirit, man, I'm so glad you're with me, right? It's like when, you, when you're in your car, unless your wife's mad at you, you don't just drive in your car or your partner's mad at you, right? You, you, you just don't drive in your car and don't talk to them. No, you talk to them because they're in the car with you, right? Hope, hopefully. But if they're mad at you, then you know what? You're probably not talking because you're mad too and you're just like, you know, especially when guys think we know the directions and we don't know the directions and they know the directions, but they keep kind of telling you like, hey, you, you know, and you're just like. But see, we, we've got to acknowledge the fact that the Holy Spirit is right here with us everywhere, everywhere we're going, right? So he's the one that empowers us to live this Christian life. So he's maturing us on the inside. So really, the Holy Spirit is the life force of our Christianity here on earth. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no active Christian life. Think about that. Man, if, I, if I'm not in this, this relationship, and it really, my heart today is just to, to hopefully, man, get you to understand that the Holy Spirit just wants to be a part of your life actively all the time. But see, if we disregard him or we neglect him, then you know what? Then we don't have an active Christian life. I want an active Christian life. I want to keep growing in it. I want to get better at it. But see, in order for me to have an active Christian life, well, what did, wait, oh, hold on, Pastor Scott, what is an active Christian life? Well, an active Christian life is being led by the Spirit of God. Right? Romans chapter 8 talks about that, that we don't live according to the flesh, but we live according to the Spirit, where the Spirit is talking to us. The Spirit is saying, hey, pay attention to this. Hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I want you to tell this person this. Hey, I want, that's active Christian life to some degree. But see, wouldn't that be great? I mean, I, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but there is nothing greater than having God use you in a moment. Or you walk away going, wow, God used me. But how, wow, how, how, how did he do that? Why did he do that? How, how, how? Because you were listening, you were paying attention to what the Holy Spirit was saying to you and you acted on it. See, if we don't act on it, then we don't have an active Christian life. All we have really is just kind of religious traditions, right? And dead formalism. formalism. But see, we all need the power of the Holy Spirit active in our life so that we can experience the kind of healing, the kind of restoration, the kind of renewal, and and, uh, the realignment that brings about godly change inside of us that really, I think, in, in a lot of ways, Christians, if we're honest, desire. I mean, we all have stuff that we're working on. I'll have stuff that, that, that the Lord can point and go, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, right? I got too many ahs sometimes, I think. But see, if I'm truthful, that's when the Holy Spirit's at work in me sometimes. You know, he's working in there. And I got to pay attention to that. I got to be able to understand what he's saying so that I can begin to put it into action so he can transform my heart and my life. And, and stop looking for man-made methods to try to change me, right? Those man-made methods that the world and the culture just kind of favors. 
But see, really, those man-made methods only bring momentary relief. It's that, it's that work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. But we've got to pay attention to Him. We can't, we can't ignore Him. So I told you to turn to Acts chapter 1, where we find uh, Luke. He's referencing uh, Jesus' comment that before the disciples were to do anything else, they were first to receive the Holy Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit's empowerment. Right? And then what happened is, then this whole letter was written detailing the acts of the apostles and the early church according to Jesus' plan. But see, they weren't supposed to do anything until then. So let's read. We've got, we got kind of a lot to read. Acts chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the, form, the former account I made, so that's the Gospel of Luke, O Theopolis, that's some kind of dignitary guy that he's writing to, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day uh, in which he was taken up and after through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So that's talking about Jesus showing up after he is resurrected. He's, he's walking around. He's got these infallible proofs. Uh, people are seeing him uh, for, during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining. But what I love in that portion in, in verse number two, and I'm just going back to it real quick. It says, after through the Holy Spirit had, had given commandments to the apostles. Who gave it? Jesus? God? No, it says Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's active. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they have come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And I love Jesus' response. He said, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority. So what he's basically saying, hey, put aside the end time talks. Because that's what they asked him. He said, hey, right now, I don't even be concerned with that. You're, but he, then he says, but, okay, so here's your focus, guys. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come, has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what matters more than end times is living a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because when it comes to end times, God's going to take care of us. He, he will 100% take care of us. You know, whether you believe in pre-trib, post-trib, um, you know, mid-trib, whatever. I believe in the pan theory. It's all going to pan out in the end. Right? God's going to take care of us. But see, we have to understand that we, the importance of being empowered by the Holy Spirit is what matters. What matters in our life. What matters so that we can live an overcoming life in these times. Verse 9. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Okay, this is like the ascension. Verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. And then we know in Acts chapter 2, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. 
So it was exactly what Jesus promised. So here, Jesus knew that it was so important that when he ascended, that the, that the disciples needed to wait upon, receive the power of the Holy Spirit to come before they could launch off into their ministry, before they could launch off and do the things that, 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 that God had planned for them. So then why was it imperative that these followers of Christ receive the Holy Spirit's power? Well, Luke chapter 4. Go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 gives us some insight into that. Where Here we find Jesus. He's one year into his ministry. And already he's demonstrating that the Holy Spirit is on him. So he enters into the synagogue. And as their custom was, he was invited to read a scripture, a portion of scripture that was the scripture of the day. Okay? And on their scripture reading was Isaiah 61. Which, I'm just going to say, I don't believe this was by accident. I think the Holy Spirit led Jesus into that that synagogue, knowing that they were going to read that scripture. Because it was an important scripture for him to, to reveal to the people that were there, but also an important scripture to reveal to us as well. But see, that, that, that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit, right? I, there, there are times where, man, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think, you know, Sundays sometimes are the worst day to get up in the world, right? Because it's church Sunday. And you're just like, man, I am so tired. Like Saturday, you get up, you know, 6 o'clock. Woo, let's go. I'm ready to go. When it comes to Sunday, all of a sudden, it is the hardest day of the week to get up. Well, you know, so then, there are times, I'm just going to be honest, man, the Holy Spirit begins stirring in me and says, man, it's church Sunday, let's go. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I've got to get my heart right. I've got to be able to, to do that. But see, I, I, I can't do that in my flesh because I know what my flesh wants. It wants to sleep, yeah. But see, if I begin to minister to the Lord. If I began to, to allow even the Holy to allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to, to encourage me, to speak to me, hey, today's your day with all the people you get to gather with and you get to love on them and you get to minister Jesus with me. Man, it begins to stir something in me. But see, that's not natural to my flesh. But see, it's natural when if I'm led by the Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's speaking. So he's going to read this passage um, in Isaiah 61, but, what, but we're going to read it in Luke chapter 4 because he quotes it. So this is, so this is Jesus. He's going to read it. And Jesus is declaring what the Holy Spirit's empowerment came to do. Okay? So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as, was, as his custom was, and he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. This is what it said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, right? He's, he's uh, appointed me. He has empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and, recover, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable 
year of the Lord. So here Jesus is. He's reading Scripture, and it's almost like he, he discovers himself. That, that, that's a way to explain it. He sees himself in Scripture. Maybe that's better. And he said, man, the Spirit of, the, of God, the Holy Spirit is on, on me, and I am functioning with this gifting in my life. Because of the Holy Spirit. Now, you remember, we, we don't really have anything recorded yet of, of anything in the Scripture that Jesus even did up until He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's how important this baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us. Because Jesus was the Son of God. From the day He was born until, what, year 30, we got nothing. You know, you got these stories. Oh, yeah, he made some clay bird into a real bird and all that. Who knows? But my, I can't find that in my Bible, so I'm not going by that. But all of this started, didn't start happening until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. When, when, when he saw John the Baptist, and John's like, hey, dude, I, man, I, I'm not worthy to baptize you. No, you need to baptize me. Baptize me. Son of God, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. All of a sudden, man, the, the Holy Spirit is now upon His life. So it's like the Holy Spirit's kind of even just pulling back this curtain. But see, that's the, that's the power of God's Word. That's the power of, of, the, of, of everything that, that deals with, with the kingdom of God. It's spiritual. Right? We can't approach God's Word in a sense of the natural. We have to approach God's Word in the sense of spiritual. Because that's what the, how the kingdom operates. It operates spiritually. And when you begin to take God's word, right? Because there's this spiritual exchange that happens. When you take God's word and you're looking from it at a spiritual, from a spiritual perspective, and you read a scripture like it says that you are more than a conqueror. In the natural, you might feel like, I'm not more than a conqueror. Actually, I'm pretty rotten. I got issues. I'm not feeling that. But spiritually, because remember, you can't take it naturally, but spiritually, I'm finding myself in Scripture now. Are you telling me I am more than a conqueror because of what Christ has done for me? Yeah. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit is trying to get across to you when that Scripture jumps out at you or when you're reading it and you start reading it from the perspective that you're finding yourself in the Scripture. So when I'm reading that, I look and it says we are more than conquerors. I am more than a conqueror. I have just found myself in Scripture. It says I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I just found myself in Scripture. Because I'm not approaching it from the natural. Because I know I can't do any electric, electrical, plumbing, building, uh, anything. Right? But I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That doesn't mean I'm going to go and do the electrical work. Because remember that story, man. I arced it. Totally burned my hand and all that stuff. Anyways. But, 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 but understand what I'm saying. I, I can then, therefore, have the wisdom of God right? to either be semi-smart and go to Google or YouTube and see how to do it, or I just call somebody. <laughs> And say, hey man, I really, I, I need help. I can, you know, whatever. But we have to understand that we just got to be able to find ourselves in Scripture. And that might have been a bad example. But, but understand just that idea. 
And who helps you to, to see yourself in Scripture? The Holy Spirit. Because I have a relationship with Him. See, even Paul, Paul, Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 1. Right? Because because we just don't want the Bible to be religious inspiration or or just religious information. But this is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 19. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now, this is a prayer. Okay, so they wrote a prayer in the Bible. So if you want to like figure out something, if you want to learn how to pray, look for the prayers in the Bible. That's a good start. Okay? But he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened okay? or, or flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit. Where, they, where it's, all of a sudden the light bulb is turning on. Wait a minute, oh, wait a minute I'm seeing something here. Right? That, that you may know the hope, you may know what is, what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power, active spiritual power, towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So that, that's telling me that, you know, Paul says, hey, we should be thanking the Lord or praying that, you know what, our eyes to our understanding are being enlightened to what God says in his word. How is that done? Through the power of the Holy Spirit you having this relationship with the Holy Spirit that is bringing to light God's Word inside of you. Now, if we go back to chapter, chap, Luke chapter 4 again, where Jesus declared that, that God has anointed him and the Holy Spirit has, has, is upon his life to be an open channel, a conduit to preach the good news, we see that... Um, that uh, this, this good news, this power of the Holy Spirit will deliver people from six different areas of brokenness that have threaded themselves into who we are, right? So every single person encounters these areas in some way, shape, or form. But as a Christian, we have to realize that the Holy Spirit has the power over these areas to basically, I would just say, amputate them from your life. The Holy Spirit does. But see, we've got to put ourselves in, in that position. So just as Jesus was saying it then, praise God that that good news still applies to us today. Okay? Did you hear me? So if we, we find ourselves within some of these categories, then man, you know what? Let's begin to press in closer, tighter to the Holy Spirit to let the Holy Spirit begin to do some things in our life. So Let's, let's look at the very first one, the, the first, first of the six areas of this Holy Spirit's deep, this deep work that he does in our hearts. Okay, so the gospel is empowered by the Holy Spirit to, one, bring good news to the poor. And we're not going to go like all six, detail by detail. There's just so much information. You actually could preach a, a message on each single one of these. But I'm just going to give you kind of a, a synopsis just to get an idea. And I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you in those areas a little bit deeper and give you a little bit of understanding but, but this, is, this is what it says again. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, I, 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 don't, I, I think I'm right, okay, theology, but if I'm not, then you, you can write me letters. Okay? But I think, too, you know, Jesus says that, 
But I think because the Holy Spirit is in our life, then I think in some ways we could say, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news. I don't think that I'm missing it. Because I want the Holy Spirit on me when I'm preaching the good news, when I'm getting an opportunity to witness, when I'm getting an opportunity to stand before you guys. And so to me, I kind of look at that and say, hey, if the Holy Spirit was on Jesus to do this, and the Holy Spirit now lives in me, then I have an ability then to, to go out and preach good news with His power, with His authority. Okay, so in the New, Te- the two- New Testament teaches this, that the root of poverty can be multiple things, such as spiritual, emotional, uh, perceptual, or budgetary issues. But whatever is at the root of it, God wants us to live in freedom from it. Okay? Whatever that is, He wants us to live in freedom for it. So this passage, in this passage, the word poor, it describes those who are impoverished. I probably didn't say that right. Impoverished. Meaning Jesus was anointed by God, now listen, to bring economic changes to those living in, in destitution because of the word right now this is what 2 Corinthians chapter 8 8, verse 9 says you know about the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich okay now we know when we read that scripture right now Right? There is no question that passage is about is financially focused. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. Now that doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to live in a mansion and you know, drive you know, a, a Ferrari and all that. But he is there to meet every single need that you have. So God wants us free financially and he's able to make it happen. He's able to make it happen. But again, we must remember that not all poverty is financial. Right? There's spiritual poverty as well. That the, that, that the Holy Spirit-empowered gospel came to rectify. Holy Spirit wants to help you financially. He wants to give you insight. He wants to give you the ability to navigate your finance. He wants to do that. But then at the same time, He also wants you to recognize, hey, you might have some areas that are very poor in your life that I want to help you with. I want to help you get out of that. I want to help you be able to to walk beyond that. So Jesus came to preach a gospel message that wherever there is lack, uh, whether internal or external, okay? So if you're poor in spirit, poor there, he wants to work in there, but also he wants to work externally in your lives so that God's Word and the Holy Spirit's power will provide for you, will, will, will cause you all of a sudden to begin to see those things begin to change. Your finances begin to change. When you start taking exactly what God's Word says and start doing those things, I've heard testimony after testimony. Hey, I never used to tithe, but now that I'm tithing, man, all of a sudden things are changing around for me financially. Well, because you're obeying the Holy Spirit. 
You're obeying what God's word says. Now the power of God can be released into your finances. Okay? So there's a bunch of support scriptures in the book. Number two, the next, uh, the, next the gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit heals the brokenhearted. Again, this is the Holy Spirit's work within us. This is something he's doing. Man, there's so much more that we're going to cover down the road here. But this is just kind of that, that, that starting point. He heals the brokenhearted. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 again, says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, that word brokenhearted in the Greek was used to describe the crushing of grapes with the feet for wine. Or bones that were snapped in two, broken in pieces, or crushed to dust, causing them to be beyond repair. So if we were to look at this in context, the word depicts people who have been walked on by others. Ever feel that one? Yeah. Those who have been crushed by others and those who feel they have been smashed to pieces in life or in these life relationships. And then, I love this word heal because he's come to heal the brokenhearted. And, you know, it basically means to cure, to make whole again. And it refers to something progressively happening. Through the Holy Spirit, man, you can be healed instantly. But at the same time, there are times in which we probably all have experienced, there's a progressive healing that takes place, a progressive cure that takes place, which the Holy Spirit is engaged in and involved in. So here's this healing power that it can um, progressively reverse a condition or sickness over a period of time rather than that instant healing. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. That's for salvation. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Right? And all of that healing includes physical, mental, and emotional. Whatever it is you need, Jesus preached that God's power, right? God's Word, the power of the Holy Spirit will rebuild, restore, and bring health back to you. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to do that in your life. Again, see the supporting scriptures. There's a whole bunch. You just take your workbook home and work on it through there. But let's get to number three. The next gospel empowered, uh, gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit proclaims liberty to the captive. Luke 4.18 again says to proclaim or to preach liberty to the captives. Okay, so this word liberty describes a release, a dismissal, a pardon. Or it means also to set free or to loose. Then the word captive depicts those taken captive at the point of a, of a spear. Okay? Uh, you know, you're looking at it from a, a perspective of way back then. But, but these are people who have been dragged into some sort of bondage in their life where all of a sudden they didn't realize, how did I get there? And really, this, this captivity can be a number of things, including poor self-image, bad relationships, bad habits, drugs, or any type of addiction. Anything like that. 
where all of a sudden, man, how did I get here? Well, man, you have been taken captive. You, you either didn't know any better or maybe you opened a door in some way, but you have ta- been taken captive. And, you know, and, and the interesting thing about it too is really because we know or, or have sensed that or, or just have figured out that not all prisons have bars, right? We think, well, man, if I'm held captive, I'm, I'm in, you know, whatever. Because um, I think really there are many of us walking around and doing life today um, really imprisoned by our own choices. The things that we've done because we haven't listened, we haven't, we've kind of neglected the Holy Spirit in our life because the Holy Spirit is supposed to lead us into all truth. He's supposed to be the one that's telling, and He is, we just don't listen, so we neglect Him. And so by our choices sometimes, all of a sudden we find ourselves, now we're in captivity to something that we should not be in captivity to. But again, God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit is here to bust us out of all those things. Amen? Yeah. Again, see the supporting scriptures, right? Next, the gospel empowered by the, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, number four, re- brings recovery to, of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. Again, Luke 4.18. feels like we're living there. It says, and recovery of the sight to the blind. So this is part of what he's proclaiming. This is what the, the Holy Spirit has anointed him. It says, and recovery of the sight of the blind. So that, that just means the returning of one's sight, the restoration of sight to see again. Okay? And um, the word blind in the Greek um, doesn't just depict a person who is unable to see, but it also uh, is a, uh, predict, or, or, or gives us an idea of a person who has been intentionally blinded by something or someone. Like when you're um, doing a pin the tail on the donkey, right? You're not supposed to cheat when you put the thing on there, but somebody intentionally blinds you so you can't see, and then they spin you around and you go to look and you look funny trying to put it on there and you put it. But see, that's what, how, kinda how the enemy works. He tries to blind you from the truth. He tries to keep you off, off target, off, off, off course. And so you can be spiritually blind to the reality that God is working in your life, to the reality that the Holy Spirit is active. He's living inside of you. And he wants to lead you and direct you and guide you. But see, you could be so blinded by the enemy think, and, and think. I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard this out of your mouth. I've said it. I don't know if God's here. I don't know if God's working on my behalf. I don't know if God even cares about me right now. I think God's mad at me. I just... Who's putting the blinder on? I'm, I'm coming in agreement with the enemy. So I'm going, hey, you got a blinder? Oh, let me grab that. Let me put it on myself. But see, what happens is, if I would pay attention to the Holy Spirit, even though I might not see God moving in the moment, if I would pay attention to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants to share with me, because the Holy Spirit will speak God's will, God's purpose, plan, God's word, the Holy Spirit will tell me, hey, you walk by faith, not by sight. Don't believe that. God is very much active in your life right now. God is very much doing something for you right now because you are believing Him for it. You are trusting Him for it. But see, we, we can't be the ones that are just so eagerly picking up the, the blindfold. Oh, you're offering that to me? Oh, great, I'm going to go ahead and take it and put the blindfold on and then just 
kind of walk aimlessly. No, the Holy Spirit has come to help you take off that blindfold. Wherever that is in your life. Whatever that, that, that means. Okay? So in this, in this, the Holy Spirit, one, wants to tear off that spiritual blindfold that we've put on or allow the enemy to put onto our life. But then also in the same token, then the Holy Spirit has the power to heal those who cannot see. He does. See, and this reverts back a little bit to the first part, but I would say those who have not accepted Christ, man, have blind, the Bible talks about how they have blinders on their eyes because they, they choose not to. But see, the Holy Spirit comes in that opportunity where you get to minister. If you partner with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will start pulling the, those blinders down and allowing them to see. But see, again, it's that partnership. It's that partnership. All right, number five. You can see the supporting scriptures. Number five, uh, the gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit liberates the oppressed. Liberates the oppressed. Uh, King James, uh, this is what uh, New King James says, to set at liberty or set free those who are oppressed. Um, the King James says to set at liberty them that are bruised. Bruised basically means beat up, crushed, battered, broken down, worn out, fragmented from carrying the weight of the world. Man, that describes probably every one of us at some point during the week. But see, the Holy Spirit in our life wants to break us free from all of that. Right? He wants to, to, to help us get free from this kind of broken sense of, of what we're experiencing, but also, I, I think, this broken world. He wants us to live above that. So the Holy Spirit-empowered gospel is that if you feel worn out, beat down, God, um, beat down God's Word and the Holy Spirit's power is to give you the ultimate energy source to build you back up, to live in this life to the, to, to the fullness that He talks about. And finally, the last one, the gospel empowered by the Holy Spirit proclaims the Lord's favor. Proclaims the Lord's favor. Luke 4.19 To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now he's not talking about New Year's Day, you know. But what he's talking about is favor, favorable, a favorable time to receive. Which means when Jesus' anointing shows up, it is the most favorable moment in a person's life to receive supernatural help and healing when it's, where it's needed. When the favor of God shows up. That, 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 that's part of that sense of what I talked about last week. A house of presence. Man, every Sunday, the acceptable year of the Lord. That then the power, the anointing of God shows up. But see, we got to be a church of expectancy. We got to be expecting God to show up every Sunday. We got to say, man, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. God, you're, you're, you're going to come. You're going to come. I know you're going to come. You're going you're to meet me because I'm going to come to minister to you. You're going to come and meet me. 
And when we do that, the anointing shows up. And then, you know, that is the most favorable moment on a person's life. So let's, let's kind of wrap it up right here well, and finish off this portion. Luke chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. Then he, Jesus, closed the book. Like, you know, drop the mic type of thing. <laughs> Jesus out, right? Then he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I love that he said it sitting down. There's something about that. I'm just like, man, he, Jesus is dope, man. He's like already finished. He's sitting down, and all of a sudden he's like, hey, by the way, I just want you to know, today, this, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Verse 22. So all, was that right? Jesus is dope? I don't know if that's right or not. Anyways, so all bore witness to him. So when, they, when that says that, all of a sudden they started thinking, hey, there's something about what he's saying. Meaning the Holy Spirit was active in that moment. Something was stirring inside of their hearts thinking, man, that, that sounds so true. That sounds so real. And then it says, and, and they marveled. Kind of left them awestruck. Like, whoa, what is this? At the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And then it says, and they. Okay, I'm going to put but they. That's kind of Pastor Scott... Um, version, I guess. But they said, is this not Joseph's son? Jump to verse uh, 24. Then he said, surely I say to you, no, this is Jesus talking, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Meaning kind of it's, it's easier to discount the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit when you are familiar with a person and a place. But here, here's what I want you to catch. Here they were, the Holy Spirit was, was moving, was stirring. The people were, were listening, right? And they heard this and they're like, wow, there is something so true about this. Something so right about this. Oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, they say, is this not? Like all of a sudden, they kind of began to rationalize. Wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute. This can't be true. This can't be what he's saying because isn't this... Isn't this, this, this Jesus from, you know, from our hometown? Um, I, we, 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 because they were approaching it now from a natural mindset. Remember we talked about you can't approach God's word from a natural mindset. You have to approach it from a spiritual mindset, which allows then the Holy Spirit to begin to work in your life so that you can receive what it's saying. So they at first were sitting there and they're receiving kind of the Holy Spirit speaking. And then all of a sudden they realize, whoa, whoa, naturally, wait, 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 this does not make any sense. So what happened is as soon as they shifted into this natural mindset, then the unbelief came. And, and there's proof to that, right? So what happened is, is when they, when they shifted to unbelief, then the Holy Spirit stopped. He stopped his movement. He couldn't do what he wanted to do in the moment because of unbelief. Because you can see in Scripture, if you read a little bit farther, Jesus couldn't do any miracles there. Yet he goes down the street. I don't know how far away that was to another city. And people got healed. 
because they received, allowed the Holy Spirit to, 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 to birth this, this expectation. And it happened. Where these guys, because they said, is this not, let's approach God's word with a natural mindset. So they weren't able to receive the Holy Spirit's power. And so, I, as, we, as we're closing this up, we want, uh, I, I want, we want, whoever wants, all of us want, right? We want to swing this door open for the Holy Spirit to work in your life individually. We want to swing this door open for the Holy Spirit to come on this house as well. We, we want the Holy Spirit, but, 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 but see, it's going to take each one of us making a decision that we are not going to neglect Him at any time. That's going to take a lot of work. That's going to take some discipline on our part. But, I, but don't neglect the Holy Spirit. So invite Him into your every day. You're going to work? Holy Spirit, come with me to work today. I don't know what that means. But you know what? I want you there. I want you a part of my life. I want, you, I want to have some relationships and fellowship with you. And, and if, if you've got to talk really loud, then talk really loud because sometimes I'm, I'm kind of deaf. I can't hear. But see, as you do that, it's like in any relationship. A lot of you know about dating relationships, right? You got to talk. You got to spend time. You got to develop it. And so bring the Holy Spirit into your sphere, into your life in such a way so this, 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 this door can swing open and we can experience Him together as a, as a body of believers. And like I said, we're not, we're not pushing anything. We're just trying to give you a layout of who this beautiful third person of the Godhead is. He's so beautiful. And, and we want you to get to know Him like, like I'm per, in pursuit of knowing Him. And so I'm just going to read this last scripture. We're going to close it up. Again, it's Romans 8, 11, just to reaffirm and for you to know that He lives in you. That, I mean, start meditating on this scripture, man. It'll rock your world. But it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies um, by this same Spirit living within you. So don't think the Holy Spirit's weird. Don't think the Holy Spirit is someone that you can't have a relationship with. Don't treat Him as this kind of uh, thing that's out there. Invite Him in to relationship. Invite Him into your life. Because again, as I said, I know I'm sounding redundant, but He is beautiful. And He is loving. Just like God is just like Jesus, because he's part of the Godhead. He loves you. And his, his, Jesus sent him specifically to be our partner. And so I, I hope this, is, this, this, this translates something to you today. And that you're able to walk out and then kind of apply that. You know, when you're reading your scripture, 
Ask Him to be involved in that. When, when, you, when you get up, hey, Holy Spirit, come and be a part of my day. And, and when, you have, um, when you go to work and when you're at home, and, and at, just pay attention to Him a little bit more and develop this relationship. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.